in pursuing God. Disciples are people who pray all the time. People who pray all the time. Disciples are people who include others. You know, with that, um, instead of the here I am, the there you are, um, heart. Uh, disciples are people who look to bless others, who give first. And disciples are people who serve joyfully. We did that last week. And this week, disciples are people who act in faith. And this is out of 2 Corinthians 4, 5, and 6. I'm not going to use all of that, um, but I would very much encourage you to just read 2 Corinthians 4, 5, and 6. Um, if you, the song we sang before, Build My Life, I'll Build My Life on Your Love. It's a firm foundation, you know. Um, holy, there's no one like you. There's none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and lead me in your love to those around me. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, 5, and 6. If you, if you ever need kind of a, this is who we are and what we're called to do, just soak in those chapters for a while. It's beautiful. All right. Disciples act in faith. In fact, it's a bit of a, um, uh, what do you call it when something means the same thing? doesn't matter. Because faith is action. So we say act in faith as opposed to um, you know, faith that doesn't have action. James deals with that really strongly, as we know. You show me your faith um, by what you think or whatever, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. Because faith without action is dead. So disciples act in faith. We're talking about this area of living and sharing the gospel. So what does this mean um, for that? Disciples act in faith. We demonstrate faith to others when we act in faith and we experience the reality and joy of faith ourselves when we act on it. And I'm going to put to you, there are three ingredients of faith in action that I'm going to pull out of 2 Corinthians 4 to 6. Three ingredients of faith in action in this whole area of living and sharing the gospel. And they are these, conviction, urgency, and courage. Let's deal with conviction first. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. Paul says, But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. We spoke about this the last few weeks. For all for your benefit, God gets more glory. There will be much thanksgiving and God gets more glory. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. This is for you, for the glory of God. So I believed in God, so I spoke. Now, chapter 5, verse 14. Christ's love controls us or compels us or drives us or motivates us. It's a, it's a strong kind of it's a word that way. Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. And all of this is a gift from God, in verse 18, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Verse 20, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. 
We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. And to act in faith, we need conviction that this is true. Do you believe that this is true? That, as Bill said this morning, it's of first importance, Christ died for our sins and was raised again. And we are, we are brought to reconciliation with God and life eternal and joy unspeakable because of what the work that Jesus did and our connection with God through Jesus Christ. And that was not just meant for us, but for everyone. And now we are the messengers of that to a world that doesn't know that. We are the, we are the conduit now for people to... Do you believe that? Uh, most of us, I would say, probably do. We probably do. I hope we do. So, but that's conviction. I am sure this is true. I'm convinced that this is true. So I'm in the hairdressers the other day, and I'm getting my haircut. You know when you're just chatting? Maybe you don't chat to your hairdresser, but um, I'm just chatting away to this lady, and um, and she's telling me how many how many people do hairdressers tell their whole life story to? Like anyway, so she's she's telling me this uh, story about her life that way. And I'm chatting away, and I'm, it's warming up for faith, right? I'm starting to talk to her about what I do. And, um, and then she asked me this really kind of poignant question, which the answer is Jesus. Right? I'm going to have to say Jesus out loud in this space. And then the whole like, salon goes quiet. It's like all of a sudden everyone's realized we're having this conversation. Now everyone is listening to this. You know what I did? I went, ah, oh, next time. Like, oh, I've got conviction. I just thought, oh, it's not quite right, you know? Because I know some of those other people here and that they're going to, it's going to ruin that. There's this good moment I've got with this hairdresser and these other people are going to wreck that. I had all these reasons why this was not the right time. I'll just, I'll just defer that. You ever deferred that? You ever gone, just next time? Or, oh, this is not quite right. I need a better like a lead in. Yeah, that's right. So we need more than conviction. We need urgency. We need urgency. Two Corinthians six. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Every moment matters. Every decision matters forever. None of us know how long we have, how long they have, how long this world has. The person we're talking to or working with or looking across the room at needs to experience our faith in action Not tomorrow, and not later, and not through someone else, but right here and right now. It's urgent. Now, um, urgent, um, I'm going to use an analogy to describe a little bit of what urgent means. Uh, And hopefully you'll go with this. Just say, 
And I've made this whole thing up, by the way. Say you found the water source that brings life. And it's a, it's a well a little way away from public kind of space. But it's a, and there's a crowd of you around this. And you know that this water source is actually um, brings life. It, it makes you healthier and stronger and, and happier and live longer. And you're looking out across this world and they are drinking rubbish water. Like it's brackish and off and it's got um, you know, algae on top of it and whatever. But they don't even realise that. They're just hoeing into it like it's fantastic. People are even pouring poison into the tank. Everyone's celebrating, right? So you just you can see that happening. So you come to your little crowd here and somebody in a blue shirt says, It's urgent! People have got to hear about the, the water that we have here. But this is important that they know that. And you go, oh, and you feel that kind of charge up. And so you run over here and you go, you idiots. What are you doing drinking this? Don't put that in. That's wrong. Wrong, wrong. Everyone back. Let me take over here. Because this, don't you know anything? That's kind of one response to urgent. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because they think they know what that water is. They don't, but they think they do. And they've already dismissed it. And they've already, they've already pushed it away. They've already, they've already, they've already um, refused that in our culture. And they're sick of us yelling at them. or taking the high road, or being self-righteous, or any of the things that we tend to do when we ramp up the urgency around the place. So a better way would be maybe for the people over here to go, this is urgent, like every moment matters. So how are we going to introduce this living water to people who, who don't know it? So then maybe you take a different kind of urgency over here. We pray all the time, and you include others and you bless first and you serve um, joyfully that way and you listen to somebody and you and you you love them actually with the love of Christ that compels us we're controlled by the love of Christ and then you offer them some of your water would you like some of this water just try it But the whole time you're going, oh, please, just try this water. That is your urgency. Your urgency, just because you're not jumping down someone's throat with propositional truth of the gospel doesn't mean you're not urgent. Do you understand what I mean? Urgency is not just going, I've got to get these words out because people are going to hell when it doesn't work. And it's not love. And it doesn't contain respect for the people that were kind of talking to urgency is God what does this person need to take another step towards you what do they need because I just want to do that and I want to act in faith in that not because not because I want to feel something that way but because I've in in discernment or in in my prayer with you God in my search for um for you in this environment in in my cry that you would reach this person I think this would maybe help them that way. Every moment matters. 
Paul says we prove ourselves, this is 2 Corinthians 6, we prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. Urgency means putting my faith into action right now, which is, God, what do you want me to say or to do right now? Not tomorrow or next week. Not someone else, but now. And my experience of this is that it's rarely comfortable acting in faith. In fact, if it was, you wouldn't need faith. Doing or saying something uh, in faith usually involves pushing through fear. So here's the third thing we need, courage. Conviction, we need urgency, and we need courage. And courage isn't a personality trait. It's um, you know, the most timid person can be courageous in a space where someone who's usually forward and brash and vocal is he draws back um, you see courage um, there's lots of different pictures of courage when you picture it I don't know what you see but you know the, the little kid, the little boy or the girl who stands up to bullies in the playground and not even for someone they know just for and the risks personal harm for themselves just to do what's right in, the, in a dangerous space but Courage also happens in the counselling room when grown men actually admit the thing that they're afraid of. The courage is just stepping into vulnerability. Courage is saying, I, I don't, there's a little bit of unsafeness for me here, but I'm in faith. God wants me to go there, so I'm going I'm to go. I'm going to push into that fear. And it's going to look different for all of us that way. But that's what faith is for. So that we, instead of doing what is comfortable for me, I'm going, to, I'm going to listen to that prompt from God and I'm going to trust Jesus with what he wants me to do and I'm going to act in faith. Which is act as if God is real. Act, I don't mean as if in any kind of question, but my action is based on my belief that God is real and he's calling me to something more than I normally do um, we get invitations of faith all the time to do and speak things that that live and share the gospel with the people around us we get invitations all the time I had one at the hairdressers the other day um, and why don't we like what why do we why do we pull back why do we defer really in the end, it's just fear. Um, and we fear the loss of something, the loss of what? The loss of respect, the loss of, we, we don't want to lose face, we don't want to lose relationship. Sometimes we risk career opportunities um, or losing our job or might face ridicule. For me, in that moment, I was just imagining this whole room just looking at me and then someone just bursting into 
laughter or making a derision or comment to everyone. And, and, you know, in the moment, it felt like a reasonable fear. Here's what Paul says about risk and hardship, 2 Corinthians 6. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We've been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. This is the next one, Sarah. We're honest, but they call us imposters. We're ignored, even though we're well-known. We live close to death, but we're still alive. We've been beaten, but we've not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We're poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. We're alive, we serve God, we're honest, we always have joy, we give spiritual riches to others, we have everything. So my um, kind of excuses about why I backed off fizzled when I read 2 Corinthians 6. Disciples more and more and more act in faith with conviction, urgency and courage and let me make this point, not because we're good at it, but, but because if we're pursuing God and we're praying all the time, God's power is at work in us, shifting us, changing us, changing our desires, changing what we want so that we want to be people who act in faith. Remember Peter and John who went from hiding in the top room afraid of the authorities to standing on the street boldly declaring Jesus Christ. And when they brought them before the, the authorities um, that way, they're like, aren't these the same guys? And then they remembered what? Oh, yeah, they've been with Jesus. And then the disciples who got threatened and they all huddled in that room and they said, uh, all it, you know, the authorities are threatening us and they're going to imprison us and, and hurt us and maybe even kill us. So God, here's our prayer. Help us to be bold. To be able to speak the things that you want us to speak. And Paul, when he's in prison, um, in chains actually, and he's writing his letters, he's saying, pray for me too, because I've got opportunities to say things. Pray that I will what? Speak boldly, as I should. It's the power of God that moves us to act in faith. In 2 Corinthians 4, jumping back there. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. That's comforting, isn't it? I am a clay jar, but I contain a great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not us. I was talking to someone who is one of Dana's friends. Dana's in the uh, works in our staff team here, and this person's not a Christian. And they were just saying to me 
I said this, this, this line which grabbed me, which was, I used, to, I used to think I knew what church was and who God was. Then I met Dana. And here's the line. And she is so much fun, such a good friend, and so open about her faith that I'm reevaluating. I love that. How can we be more open about our faith? What might it mean for us to act in faith this week? What are the invitations of faith that might come to you this week for you to step forward with conviction, urgency and courage? Um, We have a unique opportunity actually, especially, well not only for the blokes, but it helps um, you ask blokes to come and sit down and have a coffee with you, they're less likely. But if you say we're doing some relief work, like a project, we're going to go and help. We're going to, um, like we've got now in Bunyip and Tonnenbach. So if you've got some spare time and you know someone, um, just say, come with me. Maybe that's an invitation for you to act in faith, to invite someone with you. Come and help us just do fire relief. Um, and then you're with them all day and they're meeting other people in that environment as well. Um, maybe if you come to home base or if, you've, if you want to even on a Wednesday, which is a beautiful environment for women, uh, maybe it's an invitation there. Do you want to come with me? Just, I'd like to get your, your view on how you experience this environment. Um, you know, just an invitation, maybe an invitation to something like home base or to Emmaus tonight as well. Maybe that's a... Way to act in faith. If you've ever invited your friend to an Alpha course and they said yes, you know this feeling of yes, <laughs> yes. Um, that is the overflowing joy that comes as we participate more and more in what God wants and his priorities that way. Uh, maybe it's an opportunity to say something about your faith, about what you actually believe, about what makes you excited about life. That way, what are the invitations of faith that will come to you this week? I'm encouraging you with this question of reflection at the end of your days. Which words or actions today came from faith? I've been thinking about this list of questions a lot. Um, When did prayer in the moment shift my actions today? Who did I go out of my way to include today? Who did I bring blessing to today? Where did I serve joyfully today? And which words or actions today came from faith? Um, I'm pretty convinced that if I asked myself those questions seriously at the end of every day, my behavior would shift fairly rapidly towards being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I'm pretty convinced that yours would too. Which is why this is our DNA. It's about who we're becoming. As followers of Christ here, people who pray all the time, include others, look to bless others, serve joyfully, and act in faith. Let's pray. Father, we we are your children and we want to know you more and more. We are convinced, um, God, in our heads, we are convinced that life, joy, Peace, hope, purpose, 
And all of our future is wrapped up in our knowledge of you and our experience of you in, in our understanding and our growing um, just life with you. And I pray, Father, that you would give us this week the conviction and the urgency and the courage to be people who act in faith. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.